0: radio misfits podcast network
1: from the birthplace of modern winemaking sonoma california welcome to the winemakers local experts sam Katuri, bart hansen and brian casey along with host john myers invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking so sit back pour yourself a glass and let's hear what the guys have to say this week
0: all right sam hit up all that floor right.
1: you ready That our tour had a, was, had a good... A solid pour. A good <laughs> lug <laughs> to got it. A, it's got a little really really nice. had, a, had a little, like, Kenneth Huhas there. I, <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> yeah, there's a little... Yeah. It's,
2: it's still surprisingly bright and fresh, but more importantly, the, the pour on that. Yes. Was, I mean... Was I think really those good. are imported I, bottles, look, French bottles.
1: Look, wine, how, how do you bring in the, uh, the sound element of the five senses?
2: That did not sound like an 11-year-old
1: pour. <laughs> No, my uh, as Dane, I think eleven-year-olds pour much more
2: quickly than that. That's fresh. It's really nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, hey,
2: welcome to the winemakers.
3: (laughs) 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 Wow, break it up, John. Yeah, it's
0: not John. John. What are we doing? John is on assignment today, so you've got Brian, Sam, Bart, and Ian Blessing. Who uh, those of you that have formerly of the the French
1: Laundry, formerly
0: of Bouchon. Currently, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're forgetting a
1: huge. Oh, chunk right, right. Formerly of the girl in the fig. No, no. no. Formerly of
0: cheesecake factory.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My God,
1: is that the connection with you?
2: I then? didn't realize we were gonna go all yeah. the way back that I mean, far again.
0: That's where it all started.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. But so. <laughs> did right? you guys work together at a cheesecake?
0: No, 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 no. Did. Ian, Ian Come came on. to Would the Brian girl and the work cake. at a cheesecake factory. I don't I, I don't see why. I think I worked at Lions one time.
2: Yeah, we may have crossed paths at some point. Um, Although, the, the best part of that was was honestly at, at the French Laundry, because everybody wants to know, when you're the, the Somme at the Laundry, everybody wants to know what you have what you did before. <laughs> where did you study? Right. And, which is always my favorite, because the answer is on my couch with a book and a glass of wine, and I'd study for about an hour, and then I'd fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> it's not the romantic answer people are looking for, but people always wanted to know where you came from before, and my answer was always, you know, while well, I was at a r- little restaurant in Sonoma called The Girl in the Fig, and... Before that, you know, I really got my start at Cheesecake Factory and, and everybody always thought I was making it up. They thought I was joking. I'm like, why would, why would I make that up? And then I had, I had like people at the restaurant tell me that I should tell a different story. Really? <laughs> They're like, you need a different story. I'm like, that's my story. That gives what people
0: the, hope, though. That's a
1: hopeful story. What was the wine list like at the Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, I'm not joking. Uh, no, let's so, break it down. What, what no, you, so what were we pouring to the Cheesecake Factory? Uh, it was probably, mostly yeah.
2: mostly Sutter Home White Zin Woodbridge. Uh, Woodbridge, yeah. Well, our house wine, Cheesecake Factory, Cheesecake Factory label is Woodbridge, just relabeled as Perfect. Cheesecake Factory's wine, yeah. um, which is amazing. I feel like I'm coming circle now. No shit. You know, I'm reading, I'm in the uh, middle of, of uh, The House of Mandavi and I just finished reading Robert Mandavi's autobiography and I feel like I'm um, I'm going back to my my days at Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. I wish I wish I had had really you know understood the, the gravity of pouring leaned into of, the of, wood of, bridge. Of pouring wood bridge. <laughs> 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 and really sold it really given yeah. it the sell yeah. that it deserves. Um, no <laughs> a lot of a lot of Mark West Pinot um, you know that was like that was like the That was you know not to that was the seven nothing against mark west but yeah that was like that was the really nice wine that was the seven dollar pour uh you know when i when i i I worked at cheesecake factory for a long time and and i had kind of bounced around to different different things and towards the end of my career there i went back to serving uh i had you know been in management i'd worked in the kitchen i'd done different things but i went back to serving and i just got into wine i just started studying wine and i got really excited about the idea of going back to the cheesecake factory because I wanted to to use what I had learned you know reading the wine bible and 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 you know getting getting involved in, in the wine world and I was I learned really quickly that there was nothing nobody wanted to know anything about the wine list <laughs> yeah. you know it was like what 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 page is the wine list it was oh well page 4 out of out of 32 <laughs> yeah. it's on you know that's where it is and <laughs> zero questions I was excited to use my wine key I was excited to do to do wine service table side and it was 9 times out of 10 it was screw cap Sutter Home Whites in uh, and there was there was no questions to answer there was no wine service to be had the one time i got to uh, help a table cuz you know my my other servers knew that i was kind of interested and so somebody came to me one day and they said you know table 201 he's looking for red burgundy i don't you know do we have red burgundy and i said no no we don't but you know I'll, I'll go help him i said sir you know can i help you i understand you like red burgundy we don't we don't have any on the list you know what i would recommend is is the Mark's uh, Mark's West. Mark West Pino. and he goes he goes i don't like pinot noir <laughs> and i and i took off my white apron and slammed it on the ground and stormed out and, right. and that was the end of my career my cheesecake factory
3: i think he was looking for hardy burgundy he, I, he was he was
2: i you know he was looking for hardy burgundy or chablis or whatever um but i it didn't i didn't last much longer after that i actually ended up moving up to Sonoma and, and worked at the Girl on the Fig with with Brian Casey and the rest is Ian was recruited. We had a
0: we had a general manager named Jason Danowitz, so I guess Ian had worked with him in the past and <clears throat> knew that he was a, a good server and good guy and was passionate about food and wine. So he, I think, the he kind of asked him, him in the, the
1: cheesecake factory. Yeah, he was like,
0: yeah, best, he was best on at cheesecake, cheesecake <laughs> factory, <laughs> Sherman <laughs> Oaks. <for> Mark West. <laughs> 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 so in came Ian, <clears throat> and it was nice. It was actually for me at the time when you're, you know, when you're doing something for two or three years. I don't know how long I was doing the wine buying, but you know, you, you can fall into a little rut of just doing the same old stuff, especially when you're managing the restaurant at the same time. And you're, you know, you're just, especially their day to day is just hanging on and surviving. Um, it was nice to have someone come in that was passionate about wine and kind of reignite your, your fire. And Ian and I would, would talk about anything weird, um, about wines and um,
2: underwater age pick pool. Anything that had a
0: cool story, <laughs> which is ultimately what you know we find fun on the floor, is is well, selling it helps the story sell the wine, the wine, right? Yeah, totally. And so we we looked for wines with cool stories, and uh, there's plenty of them out there. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, I think we've teased it. Can we anu- can we announce Ian's oh new. Job. Well, I think he sort of are referenced it to? by
0: saying that he.
3: I was know, but that his new job as a father. Is what oh, you guys right. are talking yes. about, right? We're. <laughs> I mean, soon um, to be. We're father.
1: on baby watch. We're on baby watch. He's brought Carly with him because it's like any minute, right? Yeah, yeah. no, we
2: we have to be together at all times because yeah. we're <laughs> we're about we're about ten days away officially. Um, but, I thought but he really was we're just she we're drove. ready. Oh, well, that and, is and she drove. that is that piece <laughs> of
1: um, <laughs> pregnant wife. Yeah, that was. But we're we're ready. Like the, Alice. The, the, thank you. The car the car, the car is, is
2: packed. Um, it's it's ready to go. What do you, you got know, in there? If she uh, well, there's a bag of snacks. Yeah. There's some clothes. There's some pillows. Uh, there's a bottle of Kruger Rosé. Uh huh. Because um, we we have to pop you know a bottle afterwards. And
0: my wife had <laughs> she had Kruger-Rose. me bring a bottle of champagne and as soon as she had the baby after like 30 hours of labor. <laughs> She didn't want it. Yeah. <laughs> she, yep. was, she was ready for some water and a nap. Yeah, we, well, babe, we, we opened that bottle of champagne about uh, uh,
1: <laughs> three weeks later. I yeah, think. yeah
0: <laughs> it always sounds like yeah. such a great. We opened idea. the
1: bottle when her when her when my in laws left. <laughs> I think. Yeah. When
0: we you know what left. you should do is uh, Morgan Twain Peterson style is give the baby some of the champagne before yeah. it even gets any of mommy's milk. Yeah. His and first then, first taste. Then you're basically you got a winemaker uh, on board. <laughs> Carly says no. Baby winemaker on board. I actually, yeah, I is is tried
1: that point. one too. I got no, I got no traction there. Ah, <laughs> no traction on that. So, I, so they,
3: you'll once the bourbon for the teeth, the teething, then they'll change their mind. You see how well
1: uh, that works. I actually uh, invested in um, this brandy made by a winery in. in uh, actually, we have uh, East Coast wine. A winery in. Long Island, uh, they make like an apple brandy from these heritage apple trees um, that is a, honestly has like medicinal. Right, it's from a biodynamic farm, the Shin uh, the Shin Estate, um, David Page, um, and uh, it cured Alice of a cough one time, and she's like, "Get more of this." And they just sold the property, and um, I bought a case. <laughs> so it's, I, have, no, I have a yeah. case of it. It's you know, shout out to I think they're up in Maine living living the good life. They sold their restaurant in New York to buy the winery, sold the winery and now they're living like off the grid in in Maine. Yeah. Good way to go. And medicinal brandy, right? Ready, ready teething. for teething. Teething, yeah. A little for a little for Althea, a little for Alice, and a little more for Sam. Is that what? how that goes?
3: Oh, I just meant teething, not to give it to the child. Just okay. for just to like right?
2: <laughs> Deal. Okay, coping. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend. What are you teething? doing? I'm, I'm teething. <laughs> That's what you're I'm calling teething. it
0: now. <laughs> All right, so Ian, what you, so Ian, then okay. you went to, you left the girl in the fig, you uh, went to French Laundry. Then went to Bouchon, yep. correct? Yeah. And when then... you were in
3: Bouchon, Sam and I both got our wines into Bouchon. Yes. Thank you very much yep. for that. Wine, wine wine makers, do they need the, to follow the, up with yep, the sixteen? The winemakers podcast have, was was,
2: was featured at, at Bouchon. <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, so I, I was I was at the laundry, and I was I was on the show a couple times when I was at the laundry. But I, I we realized today I haven't been back in in probably about a year um oh. Since I was since I was back here, haven't
1: yeah. been back since everybody got too drunk at John's house in the overserved episode. Yeah, I think <laughs> that was maybe the last. I'm like hmm. every time Ian shows up, and I can see why looking at this table right now. The second show is just you know off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: so so yeah. So I, I I went to Bouchon. Um, they they needed a a head som. So I I moved down the street. It was a, a quick, easy transition. Um and uh, and was amazing, you know, I had the, the French Laundry is fantastic, but the Bouchon gave me the opportunity to learn running a wine list and financials and, and numbers and list organization and maintenance and uh, that whole side of the business that I had never, I had never really gotten a, a handle on. Distributors and relationships and all those things. It was incredible, it was, it was, it was you know, one of the best six months of my professional life, I think, but you know, it, was, it was a lot of work. Uh, and with a, a baby on the way, 10 days, from now or, or, or ideally sooner um carly's in. Uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> um you know we we kind of realized that i needed a job that was was not 60 hours a week you know i was working 12 14 hour days um you know partially by my own my own doing but i, I can't really do anything you know half-assed so i i did it all the way and it was probably a little too much so Opus, so I so I started at Opus One about a week and a half ago. There we um, go. That's I should uh, burying the lead. There we here. go. Yeah, well, um, winemakers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I started at Opus uh, a couple weeks ago as the new hospitality manager. So running uh, the guest relations department um, with our, our vice president Christopher Barefoot, um, basically overseeing tours, tasting, um, you know, trade visits, all those kind of things. We are building a brand new uh, tasting room um, that's pretty pretty phenomenal and unlike anything that we've ever done before. It's nothing that, that exists in any form uh, at Opus One um, and will really be a, a tasting experience, kind of unlike, this is not a plug, I swear. Um, it's it's really, really exciting. No, it's, okay. it's 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 very unlike anything else that is, that is being built or being done in, in Appa Valley in terms of the quality of experience that we'll be able to, to offer and and you know the, the amount of people we'll be able to see and still give a really incredible kind of seated personal tasting experience. So it's a really exciting time to, to be coming on because we are... Uh, in the kind of the final stages of uh, construction it will be done probably closer to the end of the year so I get to help uh, develop what those new programs look like what the tastings include how they flow what they are Um, really none of that's been defined yet it's still kind of up to us to to figure out what we want to do which is which is really cool and in the meantime you know manage the uh, the temporary tasting pavilion that we've set up we've set up a tent but it's an incredibly nice tent as you can imagine. So <laughs> it's, a I nap. Mean, it's a Napa tent. Right. It's yeah, Napa. It's a you Napa see Napa
1: this tent. thing? It was floating around so I started total digression, but I was thinking about it driving up Grove Street. This uh, floating around social media and I'm gonna find it and post it somewhere. Uh, it was drunk driving and sober driving in Napa and Sonoma and in in Napa you're weaving all over the road you're drunk and if you're driving straight over smooth roads you're sober and in Sonoma if you're driving straight over the pothole roads of Sonoma <laughs> County you're, you're drunk. drunk and if you're weaving all over the place you're sober <laughs> that's awesome yeah
3: unfortunately it's very true yeah <laughs> you know when you when you Shut drive out Sonoma out, County right, you're talking to somebody about uh, riding their bike out through Carneros and they said i hate riding from sonoma to napa in carneros until you get to napa because you hit that line and it becomes perfect yeah that's exactly it, yeah, exactly it. perfect analogy yeah exactly so right. you know the thing about opus one if i remember right ian is that opus one was built originally only as a production facility right i mean
2: it, yeah, it was yeah it,
3: it was the mondavi um rothschild partnership and um, any entertaining they would do for it would be done over at Mandavi presumably. But it was only built for production. Yeah, right? yeah.
2: So it was the the first vintage. I should probably say. I should probably probably done this when I was at French Laundry or Bouchon. Uh, my opinions are not the opinions of of Opus One Winery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here officially. Um, but see <laughs> uh, y-
0: You might want to <laughs> drop some we when you're talking about Opus. <laughs> no, no, then no, no. We, uh, we
3: know that because you didn't bring any with you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, so Opus was you know it was the first vintage was was 1979. Um, Seriously? Yeah, was of so, Opus. Uh-huh. So Robert Madavi met Baron Philippe de Rothschild in 1970, and the two men decided that they wanted to do something together. They, it took them a, a few years to figure out exactly what, but eventually they decided they wanted to to open. Uh, a winery in Napa Valley that, that focused on one wine a year, uh, much in in the, the Bordeaux model. <laughs> and it would be co-owned 50-50 by the two of them, by the Mandavi family and by the Rothschild family. And so the first vintage was 79. Um, we actually released 79 and 80 together at the same time. So we kind of released two two initial vintages, but 79 was the first first harvest. And uh, yeah, it was made at Rabindavi for mondavi uh, for quite a while, actually. We didn't build the winery until 91. And in 91 it was just functioning as, as a winery. Right. Uh, we, we never re- intended on, on hosting guests originally. Um, we didn't intend on having as many employees as we have today. So the, you know, this is, as, as far as I know, the, the first you know, major, big construction kind of to, to the winery since we've, since we've been there. Um, so a lot of it is, is offices. We need more office space. We had people working kind of in, in offsite areas, um, but w- it's, it's, now it's very comfortable for all of us. Um, and we were doing tastings out of, uh, the Baroness's bedroom. So, you know, Philippe de Rothschild, his daughter, uh, Philippine, this was, it was kind of her, her quarters, uh, is, is where we, we do our, our tastings now or where we've done them out of, uh, un, until now. So it, it was never, it was never built to host guests in the way that Whoa. a lot of Napa Valley wineries are, are built with, you know, kind of tourism in, in mind yeah. that Robin Mandavi was built with tourism in mind. Robin Mandavi was really built to, to host people, but Opus One, that was never the intention.
0: But for a production facility, it sure yeah, is aesthetically just a pleasing. Just a production I production mean, facility yeah. is kind of like it is f- a little <laughs> bit
1: selling of machine.
3: Well, and it was one of the first to really be that way. You know, I mean, there. I was mean, certain- the barrels. Just yeah. looking at the barrels yeah. when you're in there, and the- I mean that, w- that that was a huge impact on, you know, uh, the Napa Valley wine scene when they built that and opened it, um, without a doubt.
1: The barrel room. The, the barrel room. The, the tank, tank room. The tank room. I know the tank. The- I mean, anybody who's worked in a winery and then you walk into the tank room at Opus One and you know you have the top floor where every barrel, every tank, there's a hatch on the, that you can go you can go into and you just move the the optical sorter and the crusher to stemmer along to the above the tank that you're fermenting into. The even the like spiraling um the spiraling rack to send fyb's back outside. It's just like every little piece of it is like designed for optimal production. I mean, it was one of the most amazing wine like winery tours. The the bottling line was going, the whole thing, and then tasting in the lab with with Michael Salachi, the winemaker. That was that's a top that's a top 10, like, winery experience for me as far as, you know, and that was, you know, a few years ago. Tasting the, the cultured yeasts. So they do cultured indigenous yeast right. from the from the vineyard. They did a study of all these different blocks and what the the main, you know, predominant yeasts were and how those those fermentations went. And then they found the one they liked the best and... Um, and, they to, that, that, and they cultured it. And they cultured it. You know, it's, it's everything you'd want... If you built a winery, <laughs> my, my, Michael
2: yeah. is really, really into yeast He can talk yeah. to you about yeasts forever. He, he Michael's a, a really interesting guy and a really talented winemaker.
1: It's, it's that was that was an amazing tasting, but but only two wines. There's no plans to so like, two two wines and, and, and Rapa really Valley no, no rosé of
2: grenache. Absolutely not. <laughs> Come on, man!
1: It's the hottest new segment.
2: <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about your rosé of grenache in a second, um, but no, no, no. I mean, it was. Yeah, it, yeah only it's just it's the two wines and and really yeah I mean, it's a super impressive building but that was the intention was was to be you know to 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 be a landmark to really stand out even even before we hosted guests there the idea kind of behind opus one and and, and Robin madavi's vision when when he got started you know in the in the mid 60s was really to fuse European tradition and and California innovation um and and California sunshine you know we right. we have this climate here that we can make good, great wine every year. It's we are incredibly lucky, and when you take European ideas, when you take French ideas, and, and ideas that have been refined over thousands of years, and apply them to California sun and innovation and technology, you end up with with Magic where you end up with where we're at today, which yeah. is a pretty cool place to be. And so, Opus One was was always kind of the, the I think the culmination of that idea. And so, when you look at that building, you know, it is half. Futuristic half, you know, Pantheon. You know, right. it, it looks it's it looks like a you know it's the Colosseum. It's like this incredibly traditional looking building when you look at one piece of it, and then when you look at the entire thing, it's a it's a Space, spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's 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 a really it's a really interesting building, and, and it kind of like sits
1: on the horizon line like mm-hmm. a spaceship as you drive through right, the, right. Oakville. You know, right, right. kind of like what is that? And, and with there? the
3: low vines, gives it it plays with your mind a little bit because yeah. the vines are so low and you know you, it changes the perspective a little bit so
2: but no 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 oakville grenache rosé yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so I bet
1: you we could find a spot in Togalon to plant a little garage. <laughs> <Right. laughs> your your dad has a little pull in Oakville, five man. or six acres. You know? y- well, you know, they let they let him hang out in the hills of Oakville and the hills, you know, right. Maya Comas, Mount Veter, <laughs> up above Calistoga. They don't he's let Phil get down on the, no, valley, the valley floor. floor is, is, yeah, it's off like, limits uh, for Phil. Stay, stay above five hundred yeah, feet you of you have elevation. To, like, cut the ponytail, <laughs> hang <laughs> out, and you know. Rutherford. <laughs> so, Sam,
3: um, what can you fill us in? Have you been out in the vineyard much? Can you fill us in a little bit? I've been out in the vineyard a little bit. It's um, I rode my bike by Rossi yesterday. It looks spectacular out there.
1: Yeah, everything. You know, it's it's um, most of the cover crop has been mowed and and starting to incorporate it. Um, you know, the vines are starting to catch up a little bit. Everything was you know kind of came out of the gate so slow and so late. Um, but you know, we're in this sort of perfect spring conditions. It's a knock on wood kind of moment. Um, you know, we're getting morning fog and, um, afternoon sun mildew pressures are kind of kept in check and, um, things are moving along N- nothing that I've seen is close to like bloom yet. Um, but I, I imagine you're probably getting close at in some of the some of the warmer spots and Carneros things, you know. Yeah, but I saw something
3: on um, Instagram. I think it was think somebody in, posted over in Lodi. Oh, yeah, the Lodi. Uh, um Zin- oh, that's right.
1: I Jeff Perlos. I wonder if he listens yeah. to the podcast. I think he does. The, the Zinyard on, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. He's got cherries blossoming and maybe some Zinfandel He's and getting, rose. Getting close.
3: Wow. Yeah, getting close. But, you know, sounds about right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's you know, we're, we're solidly in May. It's, you know, it's, um, Not what's weird about it is it's kind of more like you know it used to be right now as opposed to sort of the new normal and sort of upside down kind of early bud break and inclement weather and stuff where you know it kind of came out of the gates after a wet winter and um chugging along um but you know at at like an old pace it's gonna be late everybody's saying right now if this keeps up we'll be picking late picked late last year too so right you know don't make thanksgiving plans. Right, no, exactly. no Hawaii trips in november. Right, exactly. maybe december. Right.
0: Why have you been out there in the vineyard bar? What are you looking at for this year? What are you going to
3: make? Um, you know, I'm I'm waiting to hear back from Never Lauren like about your interest, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting back to hear from Lauren what might be available for me um in the uh in the fill farmed uh, world. Um, uh Do, who, who, Lauren is the one that makes that decision. Well, no, Lauren, Phil
1: doesn't want to talk to me. so right. Lauren's the one who yeah. she's the messenger. Right. So that, you know, okay. when you go, oh, yeah, well, you're not getting that, you you, kill, you know, you don't shoot the messenger kind of situation. Right. Okay. yeah.
3: The last time I saw Phil, he said, so you want more grapes this year? And I said, yes, please. And he said, did you pay for your grapes last year? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay. Right. So I figured that's <laughs> at least a good sign, right? Right. No, that's how, that sounds very positive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> as good as you're going to get, I think. <laughs> and you'd, um, hope, you'd hope to get what? Uh, well, I'm just hoping to get some more of the Grenache from Rossi mm-hmm. and then we'll see what else. Um uh Shannon Blanc from Mendocino County again. Yeah. Um thousand, which I'm drinking right liters. now, actually yeah. it tastes really Wait, good. Wait, Bart. Yeah. Never mind. You mentioned Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then um <laughs> although if I you know, well, never mind. Um and then
0: um God, yeah, the Bart. The, can we just talk about the Shenon? This is the sixteen. It's no, really it's
3: still tasting just amazing. It's isn't it? it's got like
0: peach and
1: um, um,
0: pineapple even so nice tropical fruits I, I i just i just it gets better every time i try to buy it <laughs> hint. <laughs> hint hint, hint. <laughs> uh, uh, well you can al- always go to uh danesellers.com and pick up a right, exactly. a case or two if you
3: uh, if you so wish um um i am uh, but other than that that's where i'm Some at right water. now we'll, we'll yeah. see we'll see yeah. what else might come up this year um, you know there was some talk of some uh, possibility of getting some Albarino from here in the valley, um, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Where yet. is that at? Uh, just down the road, actually. It's um, something Chewy Farms, and I think it's being farmed organically. I'm trying. I'm trying this year not to buy any grapes that are um, Roundup. You know? Right. I'm, I'm nice. trying to stay. I, I, I've been trying to do it. I had, applause it's emoji. Drawing, yeah. driving my wife crazy because I all of a sudden we, your great <laughs> bill went up. No, well, yeah, no, because even on our property, it's like I'm like I'm pulling the weeds as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> just spray them. Yeah, we're just trying not to use it at all.
1: So. Uh, Tim Fish actually had a, a Facebook thread going, um, and it's public Facebook. He's the yeah, he's I, a wine spectator. Um, trying to not use Roundup on his property, and it's this list of basically mixes of white vinegar and things. White vinegar, um, but, uh,
3: salt, um, right. which salt's not great for the soils, but no. white vinegar, salt, and um, like borax or... What? Um, uh, and what was the other?
1: It was another, anyway, if you go, uh, there are, you know, home remedies. If you uh, insist on, you know, using uh, herbicide to deal with weeds on your property, there's, there are home remedies right. That aren't you know glyphosate that aren't great for the world, but it's you know better than not glyphosate proven by courts and science cancer causing. Well, you know
0: you know where I see. Well, I live in suburbia, kind of. I, I live in like a you know subdivision or whatever. So mostly when I see people using Roundup, it's the guys that are out in their driveway spraying right, it in the, the, the cracks, cracks like, where like the they do stuff every is coming up. And commercial break. I, Bart had a really good point a couple weeks ago. If you just get one of those little. Uh, uh, we use them in the pastry department to like yeah, uh, blan yeah, to yeah. do creme brulee. If you just get one of those, you can just torch those things. They actually have really, they actually
3: have a version of it. It's a it's a, like a four and a half foot long torch. And is this an Elon
0: them. Musk flamethrower? No, 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 no. Because no. no. uh, that would be sim- that similar, would be ideal. Yeah,
3: <laughs> similar yet totally different. But this thing works pretty well. You put this little small camping um, uh, propane tanks on them, and you just walk around and cauterize, just burn the the Weeds, it works really well, it yeah. just takes some time, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I that's that's what I'm working on, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. So, All right. around the house, well, can we talk
1: about this rose? Okay, the the combi rose, yeah, the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, adutet. Yeah. This is the adutet rose. Wait, what does um, that mean? So, that means of two heads, okay. Um, a, uh, a monstrous tet is a two headed monster, so the one head being combi and the other head being coturi, um, the, the two fills, um. PC two is the other thing. It's sort of the PC2, that's what it is yeah, on like the like one. on the on the on the <laughs> <laughs> on the on the cases um, on the the bottling tags. But so this is um, Napa Valley Grenache Rosé, uh, Soda Canyon Road, uh, the Miller Vineyard, um, and this was a vineyard that was grown with the express purpose of being rosé. Um, was in the middle of the Atlas Fire. Um, suffered damage, was pruned in a way to kind of like optimize potential growth, um, which meant it had more places to grow fruit than you would normally in a, you know, Phil Couture head-trained vineyard. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so carried way more fruit. We, you know, two acres, we got almost 10 tons of, of Grenache, turned, made it all into rosé. Um, so that's where the kosher rosé comes from, the 16600 rosé for this year, and this combi rosé. So the kosher rosé in the sixteen six hundred are direct press, whole cluster, barrel aged. Um, this is crushed and stemmed or stemmed to crush, uh, stemmed and decrushed. crushed, stemmed and to crushed, <laughs> destemmed and crushed, um, and macerated. You know, on skins for uh, six hours um, before sent to the press. And then, actually, we left off the heads and the tails of the press load and just kind of took the centerpiece yeah, of it. No, explain and then what aged that. it so in, in large format barrels. So you, so you got to ha- explain what that means, because okay.
0: that's something they do when they, when they make um, distilled spirits. Is right. Where you cut off the head and the tail, and you kind of just take the, the middle. But the middle. I've never heard of someone doing that with wine.
1: Um, I mean, I think this was... Isabel's idea, so I'm gonna give Isabel credit. It also means that she gets the blame if it's a bad idea, but I think it's a good idea. Um, and so when you're doing like a distillation, um, you, the heads and the tails are the what comes out at the very beginning and what comes out at the very end, and you know you take that and you use it to clean stuff, and then it's the stuff in the middle is companies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the stuff that's in the middle um, is what you actually use to age and to drink. Um, so for the press, it's kind of a play on that. Um, the juice that first came out of the press, you know, that afternoon that we had picked these grapes and then macerated them for six hours, um, we took away, and then the juice that came out at the very end, we took away. Um, so the the stuff that the stuff in the beginning
3: that that came off is technically it's gonna the it's gonna the be the lightest and have the least amount of character, right? Because it's not right. been you know, it just fr- fr- flows off the s- uh, grape skins all by itself. Right. And the stuff at the end, of course, is going to be the most phenolic
1: and whatnot. And have the most tannin. Right. right. So right. did
3: those pieces go, did you work those into the They went regular? back into the sixteen six hundred right. yeah. yeah. So yeah. it wasn't that it was wasted.
1: It wasn't wasted. Um, no, it was just, it just about right. capturing this this as yeah. uh, sort of this example yeah. of you know, I mean, that's when r- you put this this protocol and yeah. make rosé, you know, this is, uh, I, when I posted a picture of, um, the samples Isabel took of all the different, like uh, different hour marks of the maceration. And I, you know, my comment was, uh, on Instagram, making rosé the most complicated way you possibly could. I mean, it is definitely taking the rosé concept, um, which, you know, this crazy hot sector of the wine business still, which, and most of it is, is leftover wine. It's right. in sort of, Finesse into being, you know, something fresh and, you know, crisp, not a ton of flavor, not a ton of color, drink it all summer long. Um, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, but it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's cheap. It's what it is. This is made, you know, with as much intent as uh, age-worthy white wine. Um, and that's kind of the way that we're looking at it. Um, you know, we're going to start selling it this summer, but it's something that I think... Um, Will develop and get more interesting in the next few years. I, I think it's. I think it's really interesting. The first time you poured
3: it for me, I, I would have never in a million years picked it out for a you know, for a North Coast rosé, right? right? For, for that matter, a California rosé. I mean, it is truly to me uh, stylistically different right. in, in a very positive way. Yeah, but it's not necessarily the patio pounder. No, um, it's but it but that's with intention, which yeah. is what's so cool about it's it. It's got length to it's it. It's got length to yeah. it. It's got it's got character.
0: It's really good.
3: It's <laughs> got a soul, man. It's got a
1: soul, man. <laughs> uh, I, you know, um, I'm excited. We what did. are you going to retail it for? Uh, it'll be about fifty bucks a bottle. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's um, definitely uh, expanding. And it's going to have a sixteen six hundred label. Or no, have a it'll have a, it'll have its own label. So it's, it'll be another Stanley Mouse painting. Um, Ooh. this sort of really, um, really dark, dark and, and stormy kind of Stanley Mass painting. Um, still Ooh. of a you know sort of loosely a portrait of a woman. Um, and then on the back it'll be you know our the sixteen six hundred sort of font, but it'll say a du tete, and um you know identified as a collaboration between sixteen six hundred and and you know Phil Kateri and Philippe Gumby. Nice. Um,
2: I love that a rose will have such a, a dark. Label, <laughs> no,
1: know. you know the
2: juxtaposition for, for, yeah, of the, for such yeah. a, a fun summertime wine. Yeah, and right. it's it's nice. It's 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 cool hearing that that process to make this because it it does you know when we tasted it twenty minutes ago. Or so before before hearing this, there's something clearly different about it. It has mm-hmm. this body and this weight to it, but it's still light and fresh at the same time. It's not. You can have a lot of those those rosés that do try for more body, but then they end up being overbearing. Right. A lot of, like, and this is a poor example because this isn't Cabernet, obviously, but when you do get those rosés that have a little more weight to it and they're a little darker, like Cabernet Sauvignon rosés and, and some Cabernet Franc rosés and or any bordeaux idol really, Malbec Merlot yeah. rosés, can be, they feel like they have, you know, they, they have weight to it, but it's too, it's too much. It's like, that's not what I want in rosé. Whereas this does have, this has body, this has a little character to it. This has a little more going on. But it's still bright and fresh and fruity and fun and right. and and really it captures, I think you know the the essence of of what we want from Rose, but it's it's just it's more concentrated, yeah I,
1: i'm I'm excited to you know, like I said, I'm excited to see you know it's fun, ain't you know, and purely like the most insane thing you could ever do 16600 style like you could do a tasting now three rosés made from the same vineyard under slightly different processes and really like nerd out on rosé if you want but um what i'm excited to see is sort of how uh, especially this one but the three of them develop over the next you know six months year um, which isn't something that you know when you make rosé from Signet juice and have something fun to release in the springtime, uh, it's not something you normally say. And, and again, not to disparage any of those rosés, because you know we've, we've made them, we, we we drink them, we love them. Um, but this is, you know, a,
2: a higher concept. Uh, should do a rosé show at the beginning of summer and, and bring all. Three well, of
1: them. Uh, you know, it's a perfect trans- transition because our buddy Todd Jolly is doing a rosé party uh, in June that he told us we'd. He'd let us in for free, not that I was going to pay anyway, Todd, but um, <laughs> he'd, he'll let us in for free if we plug his rosé party June 6th. Um, so, so there it is. There's did so we just do that? I, I think June, we just did June it. Six, <laughs> June 6th, Todd Jolly's rosé party. Uh, I find information, Sonoma's best wine merchant. Well, and what, what is it? It's just going to be
0: go there, pay a certain amount, and then there's going to be a ton of rosé open? I don't don't people wear pink?
1: Oh, I think you're supposed to wear pink.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of dress up. He gives a, a prize for the best dressed and stuff. But yeah, it's just a walk around tasting. It's and it's all, I think all producers are there pouring. Are you pouring? I don't, I don't know. You, I'm sure you. Wait a minute. On. He didn't tell you you were working
0: you well, no, didn't tell me if I was
1: You, you, you can get in Sam for free if you up. work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you get in for free if you come work and you give your wine away. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I've Never sign done th- that before. Nobody's th- ever offered me that deal. <laughs>
2: sign me up.
0: Yeah, that would be a good idea. We, we could do a whole um,
3: show on rosés. I would enjoy that. But let's do it on a day I don't work.
0: <laughs> I, I I need to
3: give. I want to give Todd a quick shout out because. Last um, Thursday, he let me take over the tasting room, oh, or yeah. tasting bar, uh, yeah. and the, it was packed the whole time. It was packed. Um, so um, we, he turned over all the tasting fees to my, um, my chef cycle ride, um, over $500, um, so it was nice. very cool. Um, I think he sold uh, quite a bit of wine, too, so that was also good. So Todd, thank you very much. And uh, we'll there's see still, you on Rose Day. There's
1: still time to donate. There's still time to there's donate. There's still time to donate. Sam, even if you again, very you're much. You're welcome.
3: Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm doing well. I've I've well surpassed my uh, my minimum, and um, it's it's been great. And like I said before, the podcasters have been the ones have really stepped up. So and that's coming up this weekend. Uh, it's a uh, today's Wednesday. I'll be on day two. Yeah, it's next week. So it's right okay. now, Wednesday, Wednesday, as we Thursday. speak, because this show week, is coming out you'll be
1: halfway into it. Yeah, I'll be halfway into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah so. There's no turning back once you're there. No,
3: uh, you know, I did <laughs> last weekend. I did 100, and the next day I went out and did 25, and then the next day I went out and did 29. Um, so I'm feeling pretty confident. Okay, I really am. All right. So, and basically. you're
0: gonna do it without um, any of the synthetic stuff, any EPOs or. Um, any uh, if, leaden- if somebody's bringing EPOs, <laughs> count right. me in, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not. I'm right. not
3: opposed to that. I, matter of fact, I'm trying to contact wineries. I talked to uh, Katie, um, uh, uh, Danny's wife. Uh, you know, we're going right by Lambert Bridge. Like, man, you're gonna have 275 chefs blowing by your winery. If you could capture them for a minute, like fill up their water bottle or you know, just be out there and yell at them, I mean, it'll make an impression on them. He, I'd go back and tell your wine director that you went by Lambert Bridge and they were right. out there or something. Right. So,
1: um. Well, I, I, it's I'm, chef cycling. I think it's a pro-doping event, isn't it? Or it's, sorry, not, don't right. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. It is a bunch of
3: chefs, right? right? And I know there are a large number of chefs that don't drink and you know, um, and they're athletes and whatnot. But I know some chefs that I've right. partied with that... I'm, I think it's either like one or the other, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it's so, a world of extremes. You guys work in restaurants more than me. What do you think? <laughs> well, he doesn't <laughs> work in restaurants. restaurant center I mean, the silence the chefs that you worked with can you see them riding 300 miles in three days
0: uh, my current chef I can't see him riding the bike I can see him partying it, for, it, three, uh, days for straight. three days for three days I did is kind of 300 other, miles though. of partying this weekend
2: <laughs> it is kind of one or the other I mean it's, it's it's a the restaurant world especially kitchens is a world of extremes so you do either have you know those those people that are just extreme partiers up until You know, uh, all hours and then wake up early and somehow manage to function and and get there. And then you have the other guys that are like, you know, they just crush the gym four hours a day after after working 12 hours in the kitchen. And it's it's kind of everybody, everybody, at least in my experience in in restaurants, whether it's front or or back of house, um, sorry, dining room and and kitchen. um, We don't use front and back house anymore. That's like tethered. oh really we yeah, don't either uh, yeah we front use, front uh, back houses back houses is, is not we call it the heart of the back house. House. The, back of the, house good <laughs> the, the 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 heart of the house is but it, heart of the house too is almost like it's like a condescending nod I feel like that's my personal opinion it's like so dining room kitchen it's Just, dining room and kitchen yeah right. so uh, like, so anyway that's a digression but dining room uh-huh. and kitchen dude do, um,
0: do and we don't um, use uh, human resources anymore. Oh, I haven't. We do that new, term. That's new. I haven't no, heard it's that. Uh, talent and culture. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: So you look uh, around and go, "I think they missed the mark with so us." <laughs> like, I don't see anybody with any of those things here. <laughs>
2: uh, and we refer
1: is... to everyone as Xur.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're just never sure. Which is so great <laughs> because if you've worked in a restaurant, you know that restaurant people. Are the least politically caressed, correct, totally. most and vulgar. And that's why I think you have like, to take them. You have it's to like it's like restaurant people and like mechanics. <laughs> you <Right>. know, we're <laughs> like <laughs> oil rig workers. No, I... yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that we, we we keep trying to like outlaw and change these words is uh, is is amusing. But um, no, it's the same in 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 the kitchen or the dining room. You know, you you have people that are either you know probably partying a little too much or probably working out a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, it's it's a it's a group. The of ones extremes. that scare me are the bothers, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> how do you even right. function? How are you uh, standing? No. Right.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I I know there's people that work in the restaurants. A lot of them that I work with are lucky enough to sleep in um, during the day, so they can do those things. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I remember those days. You remember those right? days? Yeah, where you could sleep in until twelve and then just get up and do it all again.
2: I can't tell you how nice it is though. Not sleeping. I mean, I, I don't sleep in anymore. I get to work at at eight thirty, but transitioning from you know working. Noon to two in the morning, or whatever, whatever. I've worked every you know different combination of schedule, but working those twelve hour days that end up pretty late at night to going to you know eight hours, eight and a half hours a day now nine to yeah. What are, what are, are your new hours? A, it's an incredible transition. Uh, eight Eight thirty to to five thirty.
0: Eight thirty to five thirty. So you're yeah. like a normal nine to five, I'm like guy. like a normal nine to five guy. So yeah, if I really if somebody bizarre.
1: booked a tasting that Opus one, are you actually Coming out and pouring wine and interacting with guests. Or are you more on the like management side? I'm.
2: am both. Both. Yeah. So I. So my my, my current job. A lot. Of, some of it's it's behind the scenes planning, organizing. Um. You know, doing those kind of managerial functions, I guess. And then a lot of it, just like a manager in a restaurant, or, or And I. I think we've we've definitely had this. Uh, conversation here at least a, a good manager in a restaurant is is involved right. uh, and is, is on the floor working with their team not just locked in the in office the kitchen with, and the dining with, room with the shade drawn yeah it's the same same right. thing right. Um, <laughs> so no so i mean at least right now most of my time is, is spent on the floor in the tasting room um you know doing tastings helping out cool but yeah it's, it's been it's been it's an interesting transition and and something that you know we, working in restaurants for so long you kind of think there's nothing else out there you think this is yeah. this is it this is what I'm going to be doing forever you know I'm not really you know you, you think of yourself as not qualified to do anything else other than work in a restaurant and then we we, we kind of forget that we're in at least here we're, we're very fortunate that we're in in wine country and you, you it's like oh there's the, literally hundreds and hundreds of, of wineries, and my experience directly translates to that. I think a lot of us in restaurants forget that.
3: Well, I think also what's important to that is that, let's face it, the tasting room experience has changed more towards hospitality. Right. You yeah. You know, yeah. You're, we say it all the time. You're not standing at a bar three deep waiting, you know, clanking your glass you know, try to get the person's attention. You know, now it is hospitality driven and who knows that better than,
2: I mean, look at, look at promontory's tasting promontory just opened, you know, this is the first Harlan, you know, family winery to offer an actual tasting, right. You know, out of four, four or five brands. Um, promontory is the first to actually, uh, invite guests to the winery and it's $200 a visit. The tasting is, is, $200 and it's an incredible experience. It's worth every bit of that. Um, but it's certainly a different... Oh, yeah, I'd like some of that But what is the
0: motive? Because uh, as you were saying, Opus wasn't really designed as a place for people to come visit and taste wine. It was mainly... And was a part of that attitude that, you know what, the wine's going to sell anyway, so what is the real motivation for us to to open up a tasting room and pay people and pay health insurance and all that stuff to sell wine that we're going to sell anyway?
2: I mean, that's that's way way before before yeah. my time honestly I don't, I don't know what the original right. motivation was but um yeah Direct i mean it, consumer i mean it's the same if you but it's the same with harlan how you, you were saying you, with Promontory. that, look at, that look at, wine is look gonna at, sell look at harlan right? scream eagle all these places they they do not do tastings dominus yeah. does not do tastings yeah. um you know it's it's not it's not even an option but i think, um, for, I, I think it, it, for, for opus you know at least in, in what i'm guessing is it started the same way it was you know we don't we don't need to do tastings necessarily this is a luxury brand we have a limited amount of wine people are going to buy it we don't really necessarily need to you know market ourselves in in that way on on highway 29 um, i don't know why we started doing t- I'm not, I, I don't know that part of the story yet there's a lot that i that i still have to learn but at some point obviously we said yeah let's 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 bring people in and I, you know i don't think it's it was probably a uh, it was probably smart. Opus One at this point is, you know, the most internationally recognized wine label, at least in California, um, and and probably one of the most internationally recognized wines in the world. We, I mean, we it, we just finished Golden Week, which is whether you love it or hate it. Yeah, um, you know, we 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 see so many guests from from around the world, from Japan, from from China, from from everywhere, yeah. um, that come and and they just you know they just want to get their their picture taken right. with a bottle of Opus wine in front of the winery. And, and we wouldn't have had that before that, that didn't yeah. exist. So that just that word of mouth, marketing. that's what
0: I think is cool because he, I mean, I think it makes, um, smart business when you're, there's people that want to come and just a lot of times it's a, um, what do they call those? A lot of car commercials. They say they're not actually selling the car. What they're doing is reinforcing your purchase. Right. So you've already yeah. bought the car, yeah. but then when you see the commercial, you're like, oh yeah, I made a good decision. Right. I think a lot of people are opus drinkers and want to. They, it's like coming to the the mecca. Yeah, you want to come and see where it where it happened. That's All
2: like right. what psalms do. That's half of that's half of our our job on the floor is to reinforce the choice you made. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Say exactly. how, I, I, how, how is this wine? Uh, it's it's great, you know. And you know, of course, you would hope that everyone on your list is great, so you don't have to actually lie about that. But right. Half of half of that idea is just enforcing. Wine is so right. subjective. Wine period, is so period, subjective period. and so personal that half of what any of us in in this business, are doing is, is reinforcing your decision. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you?
0: Last night, I had this lady that was, um, she wa- she wants a glass of sparkling wine. So first, she tries the Schramsberg Rosé. She says it's too sweet. I said, okay. So I have some Delamotte. I said, Look, I said maybe it's the color because it's a fucking brute. It's it's not too sweet. <laughs> it's I'm thinking it's the color. It's pink, so she's thinking it's sweet. So then, so then I bring the Delamotte and I pour that, and she's like, mm, no, I don't really like that. Because I had to open a bottle. It's all by the glass. I had to open a bottle just for her. So then she's like, what about this other rosé? It's the Ruinar. So I say, you know what? Okay, fuck it. I'm going in this time. I'm going in hard. So I go and I say, this is one of my favorite champagnes. It's one of the oldest champagne houses in the world. Most people can't get it here in the United States. People in France drink this all the time. <laughs> I'm like, everything I can throw at throw her because I don't table. want to open up another bottle. Yeah, And she's it. like, oh, this is what I was talking about. This is what I was looking for. Thank fucking God. If I would have done that with the first two.
2: <laughs> if you do a rosé show, that should be a topic is color color preference of, of rosé. People's judgment on on so what lighter so sweet, and darker? Sweetness, sweetness oh, sweetness, color. yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. 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 the color? The sweeter yeah. it appears. I think it, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, bring a rosé to the table, and if it's the wrong color, I don't. I'll bring rosé to the table, and people go, oh, thank God, it's the right color." I'm like, "That's so racist." <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. It's 2019. We're inclusive of all, yeah. rosés. <laughs> <laughs> they literally in this goes restaurant. Around. Oh yeah, it's the right color. You don't even have to tell that there's no there's no story involved in rose. There's nothing about what the grape is. It's what color is it? It's light pink. Yeah. It's 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 light salmon. Great. Oh, that's that's the one I like. Ballet slipper. I want to make I want to make a a light pink. I want to make a a rose that looks Provençal but is like fucking super sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Just like just to fuck with people. Oh, yeah, that's going to be perfect. And then they try it and they go, this is great. I love this. This is, this is amazing. This is so fresh. <laughs> like, it's yeah. 20% residual sugar. Right. <laughs> yeah. Be careful, the diabetes <laughs> is coming on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I didn't ask about the rose. What are you doing as far as um, is it all stainless steel or are you putting something no, neutral? No, it was,
1: it was in um, some stainless, like just uh, the topper. Um, it was in barrel, and most of it actually was in two neutral large format barrels.
0: Nice. Oh, did you purchase those?
1: Um yeah. Wow. Yeah. We get to use them more they than. Were once, so. Ones, so. They were used ones. They are used, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they weren't it wasn't like the the new large formats that um the Oakville Grenache 2018 and the Rossi Grenache 2018 that we did with Combi um mm, were <laughs> a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> But you're not going to charge anymore. No, it's gonna. I'm just actually going to give it all away. Yeah, totally free wine. Okay, perfect. Just <laughs> the hell of it. No, it, it, it'll be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and well worth every
0: penny. Yeah, time.
3: yeah. <laughs> we'll be drinking. know, uh, yeah, we won't be drinking much of it on the podcast. We'll have one on yeah. the
1: podcast. <laughs> right.
2: we'll Ian, how many?
0: It. How many bottles of wine you got at home?
2: Uh, I actually just kind of reorganized my my wine yesterday. So, uh, probably. <sighs> 300 bottles, 350, Ooh.
0: something
2: like that. Too many, far okay. too many.
0: And are they properly stored?
2: Yeah. Well, half of them are. Okay. Because <laughs> I only have room for half in my wine fridge. Right. The other half are in cardboard boxes next to my wine fridge. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm, try, I'm working on, I'm trying to figure out, if, see if I can insulate my garage somehow. Because I'd like to actually make wine this year in my garage. So I'm trying. So I, I wow. It, every, take two. Huh? So are if you, I can just yeah, it, you I, bring in you bring in a on. bathtub. In yeah, in yeah, to, yeah, into, yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna try it again. So <laughs> Casey knows the story. I'm, I I'm, I'm, saw I saw an old bathtub I out told, on the road. Did, did I tell you guys the story? Yeah, you, the first you, wine you know, that I made. Yeah. yeah, in the in the bathroom next to the cat litter box. <laughs> <laughs> so, was so pissy. Yeah. So we we had cat litter top seller
1: at Cheesecake Factory in Thousand Oaks.
2: We had we had kitty litter boxes in our in our garage currently, but we actually got rid of them. And and partially why I wanted to get rid of them was I figured. If I got rid of them now, the contamin- it would be, it would decontaminate by the time we go to make the you wine, need and, to, I, to blow and, off. I, and I, and I yeah. won't have the same issues. Yeah, we need okay. to like like sanitize it for sure. Um, but it's uh, you know it, it, we're having a baby this year, so I want to make some. I want to make something from 2019, and I've been wanting to make a wine for a long time, but I've always you know kind of I've, I've been too lazy to actually do it, and I figure what are the chances of me really you know. It with, up. Well, yeah, hi. Um, but especially with, with a new baby of actually driving to, you know, a custom crush somewhere to, to, to check it and do the punch downs, probably slim to none. And I would just ruin my wine again. So I, there, I had a a coworker at um, Bouchon who was making wine in his garage. And he, you know, actually has some, he, he's, he's worked the last few harvests. He's studying winemaking. So he's, you know, got a, a leg up <laughs> over me. But he brought his wine in and it was shockingly good. And nice. he made it was it was three barrels in his garage and it was incredible, um, Petaluma Gap Cabernet actually. Wow! And it was uh, it was it was really really good and a Viognier and a and Sauv Blanc all in his garage. He was making some sparkling Merlot. He was he was he was re-fermenting in in his garage and and the, and the wines were were in, insanely good, and it, you know,
3: I'm wondering if the sparkling merlot was supposed to be, or if it, he yeah, bottled it too <laughs> early and it started to ferment. I'm making bottle. sparkling rosé, right. it was, it was done on purpose.
2: But I, I thought, you know, this is the year I really, I really actually wanted to, to do it and take take that that leap and and finally make something. Um, and I don't want to make much. I want to make twenty five. You know, I want to do half a ton, twenty five yeah. cases, one yeah, yeah. one barrel. It just and has so to last twenty one years. That's it. No, it's right. just I you know it's that's not too long too long to that's not too much to ask. Um, so I think what what I'm I'm looking at finding some some I have a lead on some uh, Sonoma Valley, uh, Bennett Valley ish Syrah. Uh, I just need to f- steal some Viognier. I don't need much. I need like three clusters, you know, because I'm making like one T bin to to co ferment with. But the idea I want to I um, get some skins for you. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, but I so I so I think I'm gonna i to try and make some some wine. Make, just make one barrel in my garage, and uh, and have baby Jack um, foot tread it. We can we'll just just for the photo op we'll Absolutely. just for the photo op right. we'll take them and we'll, we'll we'll dunk them into the grapes. Yeah, we, we child can, protective and, Services. Yeah, hey, don't tell CBS, <laughs> don't post that him. one on Instagram. Make, yeah. Make sure the
3: fermentation's really going. That
1: CO two right about here. Yeah, good. Perfect uh, for brain development. I mean look what it did for me. He's gonna get super high.
0: Oh, look, they're first-time parents. <laughs> How cute. They're killing their kid.
3: <laughs> you know, I I do have that story of when I was at Lasseter, uh, that first harvest, and I'd go into the tank room or the bin room where we had all the fermentations going, and I'd put uh, Dane in his car seat, just put him on the ground while I do the fermentations, and I'd notice all the CO2 like billowing out of these bins, and I went... Holy shit! I can't leave him down there. I gotta put him up on top of something.
0: <laughs> so he's on top CO2 of the thing. Heavier yeah, yeah. Than <laughs> yeah, He's <laughs> on top of the thing, but co do he drops. So right. okay. he had a harness on. It was OSHA approved. <laughs> All, right. All right. Now he's become a mountain climber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We, is uh, any shout,
1: yeah. any other shout outs? Yep. Okay.
0: Uh, well, as always, you you know to to Todd.
1: Let's uh, let's get hyped up for the rose party because that'll be fun. Yep. And uh, Vinyl Sunday? Vinyl Sunday, uh, May 19th. We got Tanner Wally, uh, local cat, playing music. And uh, Mike the Baker back, slinging flatbreads. Nice. Maybe a special, secret, sl- well, Sonoma celebrity guest culinary appearance. Wow. Uh, hyped. 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 Yeah. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, And then I got a couple uh, of customers coming in through that uh, were podcast listeners. So shout outs to Jan Brown, who came through uh, to celebrate her guide dog's birthday. That was a really fun tasting. Nice. And uh, some folks from Canada who make... Uh, wine from <laughs> home wine from San Giacomo uh, Pinot Noir. Didn't bring me a bottle though, unfortunately. Brought me a bottle of uh, Canadian Grenache, so we'll bring that to an episode and open we'll it Ooh. up. So, yeah. they grown the San Giacomo's shipped them grapes? Yeah, some like you know, one of those like home winemaking right. club kind of deals. Yeah. Grown in Sonoma, um, bottled grown, in Canada, bottled in, in I think they're in uh, somewhere in Vancouver. They should have made they should have frozen British it and made ice yeah.
2: wine. Yeah. Right. I feel like they missed an opportunity to make yeah, some, some, yeah. Like, some, no. Canadi- some. Yeah, the San Giacomo's were like, no. Some Canadian right. Sonoma yeah. Pinot Ice Wine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Try um, that in your bathtub. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Bart, we can find you at uh, uh, DaneSellers.com. Yep. And good luck, Danesellers. luck on the ride. Thank you very much. Um, good luck Still time those. to donate. Yep. Still time to donate some money for the, uh, for the kids so Feed they're not some going kids. hungry. Feed yeah. some kids. Always a good idea. Ian, you hanging out for the next show?
2: Uh, possibly.
0: Okay. Depends him, on if uh, Jack decides to show up de- or not.
2: Right. Yeah, Depends on if Carly goes into labor or not. We'll find out. Okay, well,
0: Ian, we'll look forward to coming and seeing you at um, Opus. Can people request you if they want to come do a tour?
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, no, I'm serious. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we've done are, that. Yeah, request me. Um, they're going to be like, who are you? How do you already have requests for tours? Right. <laughs> right. Nobody even knows you work here. He's been here um, for six days. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, um, Opus1winery.com. Uh, if you, if you want to book a tour, we are... Uh, currently in a temporary, we're calling it a tasting pavilion um, because that sounds nice. Uh, it is really nice. Like it's a tent. It's a tent. Does it smell like a tent though? Does it have that smell to it? It's, it's, it's really, really <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, you know, right, I, it's obviously Valley. If, if we were going to transition out of a tasting room into a temporary facility and it had to be a tent, we were going to get the nicest tent we could find. <laughs> um, so we are in a temporary facility, uh, but we're still doing tasting. So, you know, if, if you want to come by, you're welcome to. But the uh, the proper tasting room will be uh, finished, ideally, by the end of the year and, and should be a really incredible experience.
0: And if you can you just like can you go on Opus website and buy wine?
2: Yes, yeah, Opus One Winery. Uh, you, you can buy up to six bottles of the current vintage. Okay. Uh, so 2015, you can buy six bottles.
0: Uh, might I recommend the 2010? Is there any of that available? Ooh,
2: we tasted that this morning. So we had a uh, <laughs> sorry, so we, 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 we got to wrap this up. But yeah, we, we, did, we just we re the 2010 this morning because um, the 2010 is actually available for sale right now. Um, I don't know oh, how much is I don't know how much, much is left, but if you actually go to the, the website right now. Uh we are selling the six and the ten. Um and, and the ten uh is is spectacular. Uh-huh. It is one of the greatest wines I've tasted in uh in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good.
0: Um and if you want to do some tours in Apple or Sonoma, you can go to WineZulu, Zulu Z O O L O O dot com and um go on a Psalm Guided wine tour. Well, you guys. All right. That's it. Eh? That's it. <laughs> Well, uh, Strong finish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I mean, I'm it. just looking. I I, I, I made so it through. I made it through. to the finish line. <laughs> I do
3: kind of sometimes wonder, like, do people ever really hear the end? Do they no, make no, it Nobody's make listening it. to this All right. right now.
1: No. Send if us a tweet. Write us an email if you know listen to this part. This. If you hear this, <laughs> special uh, you, special
0: you, <laughs> promo code for both uh, Dane Sellers and sixteen six hundred. You get two uh, percent off <laughs> if you mention <laughs> the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> promo code: The Bitter End. <laughs> <laughs> let so us I
0: I made it through the Grenache. I tried some of the Chenin Blanc. I got through. Okay, so there's and then Sam's Chardonnay from Moon Mountain, Gunluck Bunchu 05 Rhine Farm. Yep. And that's as far as I got. I haven't even gotten yeah, to the Arturias. Really so yeah, it was really good. Sounded good out of the bottle and,
1: and tasted just as good, actually.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. so I'm going to continue to we work on this. We got a lot of these.
1: wine. We, got an, we'll, we should do another episode.
0: Let's do that. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, look forward to talking to you next week. This has been The Winemakers. You can go to radiomisfits.com, download us there, or go to any of the new platforms, you know, all that Stitcher kind of stuff. And what? Uh, We don't have any of that, do we? Yeah, yeah we do. do. We just really? don't know about it.
1: Spotify? Stitcher? Spotify. Oh, that's right. There's the a new one that's makers. got like
0: some Hawaiian name. I thought this was some like uh, social
2: media the kids were using that I didn't know about.
0: No, <laughs> no. And if you like the show, do us a favor and just go put on a, a remark like, hey, love the show. Five, five stars. Five stars. Can there be
2: a second code if anybody's still listening? Uh, still, 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 still. Now it's three percent off <laughs> <laughs> of purchases of ten cases yeah. or more. Yeah. Hope you're not bitter. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you later.